0: Hello everyone and inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Habs put an absolute beating on the Washington Capitals on Pride Night at the Bell Center. I have your game recap, a prospect update, and so much more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 818 of Locked on Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadians podcast, part of the Locked on podcast network where you get your team every day and you get us every day, wherever you find your daily podcast or on YouTube, if you're subscribed there as well. Thank you so much for that. I am your host for the evening. I am Scott Matla. The active stick, Laura, would have been here. Uh, If not for the devastating ice storm across Montreal today, she is without power. I am stepping in to do the show tonight on my own because you all deserve content. And content the Canadians did give us. I don't care if that's grammatically correct or not. It's my show. I am the editor, the producer, and director of this one. Don't tell Laura uh, if you're listening to this. Hi. Miss you. Be safe. Let's jump into things here. Canadians played on Thursday night, and it was a game against the Capitals who were eliminated from playoff contention on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday, the Canadians laid the fattest of eggs, like an ostrich egg got inflated with a bicycle pump in a cartoon four times its size, spilled over, and then you know served sunny side up to somebody. That's how big of an egg they laid. Shut out 5 nothing. terrible game. No, nothing to write home about in that. Against the capitals, they started a little bit okay, and then they gave up the opening goal uh to Dylan Stroman. and all I could think is, well, here we go again. They, you know, Canadians are trailing one, nothing, and they go shorthanded. And I think to myself, all right, they're gonna Obi's gonna just, you know dunk on poor Samuel montombo here. And the Canadians did two things on this power play, on this Capitals power play that stood out to me. One, Nick Suzuki scored a wicked shorthanded goal, and it ruled so hard because it set the tone for the rest of this game. They also stuck Mike Matheson about three inches away from Alex Ovechkin at any point in time. The, the broadcast couldn't stop laughing about this, in that wherever Alex Ovechkin was on that power play, Mike Matheson was just this Mountain Dew bottle, this Mike Matheson podcasting is a visual medium to steal a quote from the shutdown full cast. He was just following Ovechkin every single way he went. And it was honestly the funniest thing I've ever seen. And it worked. And not only that, the Canadians then went shorthanded again and they scored another shorthanded goal because they forgot the capitals just forgot to cover Yoel Armia standing alone in the slot. Jake Evans wins the faceoff, and it just gets passed quickly around, and Armia's just standing there wide open. He couldn't have been any less covered. And then he scores. This whole game was absolute ridiculousness. Brendan Gallagher gets in on the action. He makes it 3-1. And then Yol Armia off another face-off play. Evans wins it back. It goes to Matheson. Matheson finds um, – pardon me. He finds Armia in the slot there, and Armia just straight up doesn't miss. He put a rocket in the back of the net there to make it 4-1 late in the second period. Backstrom scores, make it 4-2 uh, later on in the third period. Armia gets his hat trick, not without great effort. He has to. He tries to fire one, shot gets blocked into the air. He swats it forward, chases it down in the offensive zone, and then buries it into the empty net to get his hat trick on the night. His first since a game against the Rangers in 2019, second career hat trick. And then for good measure, Mike Hoffman just scored an absolute worldy far corner with 18 seconds left off a turnover in the capital zone. This whole game was, the Habs just kind of went, ah, it's Pride Night at the Bell Center, and we're just going to, we're just going to, we're not tanking tonight. We're just going to go out there and win, and they did. Michael Pizzetta fought Tom Wilson in the first period, and the game just was completely ridiculous after that. Not Florida Panthers ridiculous, ridiculous in that I could not believe what I am seeing. The Canadians scored two shorthanded goals in this game, had almost a perfectly clean penalty kill. Samuel Montembeau looked great. I have no complaints over this game. The Canadians now move into the sixth best lottery odds in the NHL, which, okay, annoying, but they were always going to be in there a little bit somehow. Uh, We, as I am recording this, the Coyotes have not taken the ice against the Kraken, yet they play at 1030. And to be quite honest, I cannot stay up to watch all of that game because I do have to work in the morning. Um, Good game overall. Fun to watch. The Bell Center was full of life. And I look at the Habsla in this spot here and that it's the end of the year. If they're fifth or sixth, chances are a guy they want it fifth is probably going to be available at sixth and vice versa. This is not, you know, oh, they're out of the Bedard, you know, thing that they're dropping into third or fourth. No, 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 no. This is, this is what it is. And I'm okay with them winning a game like this because it's a good moment. And I do want to take a moment kind of talk about the festivities on the night. The Canadians' pride jerseys for warmups are absolutely incredible. Uh, the bridge emblem, the logo on the other shoulder there, the actual logo itself, where everyone is a different representation in that flag and that everything is different and not repeating because there are so many unique individuals within this community that they are trying to welcome to the bell center it's important and i know a lot of people go oh well politics and this this isn't about politics this is about making people feel welcome at your events and with this team here and i know that we dennis Gurianov did not wear the jersey did not take part in warm-up be citing family reasons in Russia. I'm not going to pretend to know what goes on in Russia. That is not anything I would ever potentially know or have a chance to even potentially figure out. That's not to figure out. My only thought with this is I wouldn't have played Gurianov tonight then. I would have said, if you don't want to participate in this team activity, then we are going to make you a scratch. We are going to put Sean Farrell in the lineup, who is a healthy scratch tonight. And that would have alleviated this entire thing. It is disappointing, but every other member of the team wore them and every single Jersey, the numbers had different colors and alternating patterns, none of the jerseys are the same. Just like no two people are truly the same in this. And it is a very unique approach to it. The jerseys are absolutely beautiful. They are up for auction right now with the money going to charity. They posted the auction and Cole Caulfield's Jersey was going for almost $2,000. Uh, I got to say, really, really fun night. I know Montreal's had a rough couple of days here with the weather. It was good to hear the building full and alive, fans cheering, having a good time. And now on Saturday, Habs head to Toronto. They're going to be playing the Leafs. How that's going to go? Well, were they at home? Let me double check that for you real quick, because I might be wrong. I can't remember which... um... Nope, they are in Toronto. Their last home game of the season is against the Bruins next week. So uh, they head to Toronto for their last game against the Leafs this year. I hope they saved some goals just because it is funnier that way. Uh, coming up next, though, prospects are in full swing here. I have the notes on the CHL playoffs, the NCA, and so much more. And that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish that you could handpick the best stars for your business team? And if you're building a talent roster, you need Indeed. And Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place, so you're not spending hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates. You get the ones with the right skills when you you work with Indeed. You can find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching assessments and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job ad. I got to tell you, you know, when you're using Indeed to apply for things, you can invite candidates to apply through instant match, and they're three times more likely to apply for your job than who than candidates who don't see it through instant match, according to U.S. Indeed data. And Indeed does all the hard hiring work for you. So you sponsor a job and they'll match it with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. So Indeed knows that you are a growing business and you have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash Lockdown to start hiring now. That's Indeed slash locked terms and conditions apply cost per application pricing not available for everyone and remember if you need to hire you need indeed pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. We're going to move from the NHL into a bit of a prospect segment here. We had some mailbag questions. We're putting those in our third segment here. I wanted to touch on the prospects today, and the big news is, the NCA Frozen Four is going on. This other game is being played right now. Michigan and Quinnipiac are having an absolute banger right now from what I can tell. I'm you know, going to turn that on while I edit tonight's show here. But earlier on in the day, 5 p.m. puck drop, the BU Terriers, Boston University took on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. For everyone paying attention, that's three Habs prospects in this game – Rhett Pitlick playing for Minnesota, Lane Hudson, and Luke Tuck playing for BU. It was Rhett Pitlick's night, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, that's good. It is good a Habs prospect is continuing to flourish in uh, on a team he plays for. Uh, Minnesota goes up 6-2. They will play for a national championship against either Michigan or Quinnipiac. Tough night for Lane Hudson overall. Couple of flashes ended up minus three on the night, though, and plus minus is not everything. It's the end of the BU season here, and we've talked about it on this show here. An incredible, I almost said rookie season, freshman year for Luke uh for Lane Hudson. Stunningly good. Should have been nominated for the Hobie Baker. Put me in the ground believing that. Sorry. He's got another year of college left at least, and I'm okay with that because he's got defensive work to grow. He's got little nuances to his game to grow on, and that's okay. The Canadians don't need to rush him up right now. I would be stunned if he becomes part of the Canadians organization this offseason. I'd actually probably be a little upset about it, I'm not going to lie to you, because I don't think he needs to come up to the NHL level at this exact moment. Or professional level, for that matter. There's the matter of Luke Tuck, though. And Matt Drake asked me this in the Eyes on the Prize chat is, does Luke Tuck bring anything to the rocket at this point? And my answer to that is he is a body, which is good. But I am not 100% sure if he's ready for that next jump. I haven't seen the results at the NCA level that make me think he is. His, you know, brother made the jump. And even he took a little bit of time to find his stride. He wasn't really clicking. I believe he started with Minnesota, went to Vegas, found his stride there a little bit, and then has gone to Buffalo, where he has just clicked. So I'm willing to be patient with him. He's a big power forward type there. Heavy shooting, a Josh Anderson light clone maybe without the high-end speed with it, but his game is something that I think coaches would love, and I'm wondering if he can become that next Joel Teesdale type for the Rocket and that he is just a hard worker, scores a lot of goals using his frame around the net. He's a lot bigger than Teesdale is, but I could see the similarities there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's offered a deal, but I also wouldn't be surprised if... He's going back to BU for another year, and that's probably what I would do. Um, Obviously, Rep Pitlick will now play for the national title against either Michigan. He's having a great, great, you know, I don't want to call it a postseason because the NCAA is different because they count these stats towards the regular season stats, too, for some reason. But he's having just a killer couple of weeks here. Lots of highlight reel goals. Lots of just big moments for him. Really good step forward. Uh, We're going to jump into the CHL here to wrap up this segment, and we're going to start out in the QMJHL. Two Habs prospects. You have Riley Kidney and you have Joshua in four games uh, for Gatineau, who are up 3-1 in their series. Riley Kidney has two goals and eight assists. He got traded to Gatineau and has been a man-possessed for that team really excited about his graduation in the professional ranks next year. I'm not totally sure what his ceiling is. I'm still skeptical because he was a big power play producer at first and he's not overly large. And I know size is not a detriment, but I mean when he was at rocket practice in the playoffs, he looked like a child and that was slightly concerning because the AHL is not an easy league to adjust to. And for Joshua, the Sherbrooke Phoenix won their series four games to none, five goals, five assists, continuing to have just a really great two years with the Phoenix. He got out of St. John and just seems to have clicked. And we absolutely love to see that. Why I think is going to be someone a lot, all eyes are going to be on the rocket next year because Joshua is going to be a huge part of that. Now bear with me here. Lot of OHL prospects. And we're going to start with the stunning upset here. Danil Sobolev's Windsor Spitfires aka Shane Wright's Windsor Spitfires the number one seed in the OHL were swept in four games by the Kitchener Rangers the eight seed the first time in OHL history that has ever happened Philip machar had one goal in the series his coach's usage of him is absolutely bizarre uh I don't see Mashar going back to the OHL next year. I can't imagine the Canadians are happy that on a team whose leading player just got suspended for three games, Mashar's is playing on, in the bottom six. Doesn't make any sense. Huge upset, though. Absolutely huge. In the series I've been watching most closely because I wanted to get uh, more knowledge and more viewings of both these players – London beat Owen Sound four games to none. Uh, Cedric Gindon and that had one goal and three assists in the four-game series. Logan Mayu, two goals uh, in the final game here and three assists in those games. I like what I see from Don. Far from a finished product, but he seems to be everywhere. And I imagine Colby Barlow will be back again next year, and I think Don will be as well. I, unless, you know, trades or things happen here. But I think they're going to be a big duo for Owen Sound next year. I think you're going to see Guindon climb up that OHL scoring chart. And for Mayu, his offensive production continues to be really, really good. You know, he scored 25 regular season goals. That's insane for a defenseman. There are forwards who would kill for that kind of production. The defensive warts and hockey IQ are still a work in progress. I am intrigued what the ahl holds for him because he has physical gifts playing in a league against other teenagers and such the ahl is a step up and the speed is a step faster where you have to process and make plays faster it's going i'm going to be interested to see what he does facing that challenge and what the canadians development staff can do with him peterborough wins their series four games to none owen back two goals one assist in four games Still having a very quiet time in Peterborough. I He can't go to the AHL next year, and I don't think he's going to make the NHL jump right away. I'm curious if his usage changes or anything. We're going to have Tony Ferrari on in the next couple weeks or so, and I might ask him since he's likely going to know more than I will on that. Uh, in the auto series, they are up three games to one. Vincenzo Roars has... I believe one goal, three assists here. If I'm reading my own notes, right, they look like chicken scratch. Canadians' prospects are all over the place in this? And that's not counting potential draft. I didn't put in. What did Andrew Cristal do? What has Zach Benson done? What have, you know, X, Y, and Z done in these uh, playoff tournaments? More on that as we get to it. But it is Friday and Friday is our Friday mailbag which means I get to answer all of your insane questions and everything, and that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, and the NBA playoffs are in full swing or about to start, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And that's because when you download FanDuel, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's in bonus bets back when you sign up to use FanDuel, it's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet everything from money line, point scores, three pointers drained, or if you're feeling lucky, combine them all into a same game parlay to increase your winnings. So don't miss this chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on and remember make every moment more with fanduel the official sportsbook partner of the nba and us here at locked on all right we are back and by we i mean i we're going to rapid fire through some of these mailbag questions as always you want to tweet us your mailbag questions at lo underscore canadians or locked on canadians at gmail.com I'm going to jump right into these in the order here. I am looking at my phone, so I apologize for that. It's where we have all the questions. Uh, Jumping right into it from Goalie Droid. How many points do you think Suzuki gets next year with a healthy Caulfield and hopefully rest of the team? My goal for Nick Suzuki next year is 80 points. And I don't think that's unreasonable. If they had a functioning power play and health, I think he's able to do that. Set a new career high with 62 points this year. It's not world beating, but he played part of the year with an AHL around either side of him for most of the year. I think 80 points is within reach. I'd say 75 is probably where he will land, assuming the Canadians can get their power play sorted out. Uh, From DK4Lightning, will Anderson be in a Hab sweater to start next season? Um unless someone makes a deal they cannot refuse, I absolutely think we're going to see Josh Anderson back. He had a really strong year that unfortunately ended with that ugly injury. And that sucks for him, like truly does, because he had turned a corner in the back half of the season and looked like the Josh Anderson that we know and love, or that we know he can be. He was playing to that potential. And unfortunately, that kind of got stripped from him because of that injury. From Blaine Potvin, why doesn't NHL have a separate set of rules for Brendan Gallagher? And this, I believe, is in relation to John Carlson giving Gallagher a shove into Darcy Kemper and Gallagher going to the box. I understand why they called it because they can't call John Carlson really for anything. Gallagher has the puck. He pushes him. He's allowed to do that. They're always going to call that. That could have been the squeaky cleanest player on the Canadians. That could have been Cole Caulfield going into Darcy Kemper and they would have called it other stuff. Okay. I kind of get it, but Gallagher has a habit of mouthing off back to the officials. And of course, you know, they don't take kindly to that. And before any of the fans ask Michael Bunting's drawing just as many penalties as he did before, you're fine. Uh, this one comes from at Brown cat bruise. My wife and I are visiting friends in Angelica. Where is one place we should stop and eat while in Rochester? So it all depends on what you want. In Rochester, Carly and I love going to Lento. They have an oyster bar on Tuesdays. Their food is all locally sourced and their menu is constantly changing. Really, really big fan. Uh, The gatehouse does really good burgers and everything all inside the village gate. Jenny Brewhouse is great if you want to grab a couple of, uh, Quick beers and some nice, you know, pub style food. Uh, really, really nice spot there. Uh, Silver Iguana for tacos on South Winton is our summer spot when we both lived in Rochester still. Always a big fan of that. Uh, and if you want uh, English pub food, which actually I should go back there. It's been a while. The Old Toad off of East Alexander. Great whiskey list, scotch, bourbon, etc. And really good, really, really good English pub food. So if you want gravy and potatoes and bangers and whatnot, can't recommend it enough. And now we're gonna dive into the nemesis questions of our week of the week. And I know this is unfortunately going to make Will insanely smug when we are done with this, but which NHL owner would you take the most joy in the halves making sad? Yes, this question is inspired by the Knicks turning Mark Cuban into a giant baby taking L after L. How did you know? Well, because it's you. Well, that's how I know. And I'm trying to think, and I want to say the Canucks have to be up there because their owner is also like Mark Cuban on Twitter a lot, like more than he should be. And making him furious and filling his diaper repeatedly would be funny. It's a shame the Canadians only play them twice a year. But if I were a team in the Pacific, like honest to God, making Aquilini as mad as possible on Twitter would be everything I strive to do. Uh, Will also wants to know, why hasn't Laura seen Master and Commander yet? I assume. And Will, I'm going to read you our direct message from Laura. She texted me about this. One, she hates that you're absolutely right. And two, when the movie came out, the friend group she was going to see it with included someone's significant other that Laura didn't approve of. So she just never got around to seeing it. She wants to know how you know it was this exact movie and that you're going to be, and I quote, so smug about this when you hear this episode. Finally, would you be more scared of a fast turtle or a giant frog? Now, how giant are we talking here? And what kind, if we're talking like a full size, like snapping turtle, like those mean ones you see in the Southern swamps, that's fast. Absolutely not. Hell no. Absolutely not. Regular frog. If we're talking like a, a cat sized frog, I'd be like, that's weird. I'm going to get away from that. But I think like a fast, full grown snapping turtle would make me wish for the heat death of the universe because they're mean. And they will literally take a bite out of your leg and not care. And they will just stay there. They are mean, mean animals. No thanks if they can catch up to me. Absolutely not. And that is going to wrap up our mailbag today. As always, if you want to send us mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Follow my co-host at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. Follow us wherever you get your daily podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified every time we post a brand new episode. Uh, Happy Easter weekend. A very happy Passover to uh, those who celebrate. And folks, we will see you all next time.